Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Amen, amen. Okay. Hey, the team's going to sing a song in a second, um, but I just want to begin with some scripture and uh, it's going to come up on the screen. It's Romans 8 verse 28. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you follow along? Um, but for everybody else, let's check it out on the screen. It says this, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. Verse 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also, along with Him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we give God some praise for His Word? And I just want to read 1 John chapter 4. It says this, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Come on, God is love. Verse 9, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but he, that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Saviour of the world. Verse 15, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Sorry, I just read something twice, didn't I? Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Verse 17, this is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Love this, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. 
and he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Come on, church. God is love, and he has shown us love through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to be a sacrifice for you and I to come back into a relationship with a loving God. I really want to just talk about the love of God tonight, and I hope it comes alive to you. I know sometimes we can, we can forget we, can, we, we need constant reminders of salvation, that we have been saved. For people that have been Christians for a long time, I hope tonight you get a revelation again of the love of God, that God reached out to you in your brokenness, in your sin, and brought Jesus as the way that you could know Him. So the team have prepared a song, which I've asked them to do. It's a beautiful song about the love of God. You can stay seated, just enjoy it. Watch the lyrics. If you want to stand up and dance, you can. Um, might only be a couple of you. God bless you. But we're going to enjoy this song and then we're going to continue to talk about the love of God. Thanks, team. There's no way to your love 
Come on, so good, so good. That was awesome. Come on, who loves that song? Man, awesome. Thank you, team. You guys are great. Give the team a clap. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Come on, canyons wide, oceans deep. Guys, who can fathom the depths of God's love for us, hey? For you personally, God's love for you is deep, it is wide, it is never-ending. Psalms 139 says this, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. That's a bit scary. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. I love this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. Even, if the, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Love this verse, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I like to do that in kids' church from time to time. We say, everything God makes is wonderful. And if God makes, made you, what does that make you? And a little girl will go, wonderful. And I say, yes, come on. Verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven, woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How cool is that? How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I love this, this thought. God knows you the best, and yet he loves you the most. God knows you the best and loves you the most. I think that sometimes the, the better someone gets to know me, the more they might dislike things about me. The interesting thing about God's love is, is that he knows everything about you. The things you have yet to say, the things you've yet to do, the places you've yet to go. He knows the things that you've done, the things that you've said, the things that you've drank, the things you've smoked, the places you've been. He knows all of it. And yet of everybody, he loves you the most. God's love is incredible. I love this quote from Timothy Keller. He said, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear, but to be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us out of our self-righteousness, and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. I know we are in a culture where we don't know someone at all, and we're like, we love that person, they're amazing. We don't know them, yet we love them, so it's superficial. The, the other thing is when someone knows us and doesn't love us, that's our biggest fear. The beautiful thing about God is that He knows everything about you, the most intricate details of who you are, and yet He loves you the most. God is love, and God loves you. You know, the, uh, the, the devil and evil, godlessness, tries to water down what love is. 
Because in doing so, the truth that God loves you is received with less weight and less wonder. If the, if the enemy can water down what love means to you, when you hear that God loves you, it's received with less wonder and less weight. When in fact the revelation that the creator of the heavens and the earth who has no beginning and no end loves you is huge. You need to know that God loves you. God who always was, he's the great I am, no beginning, no end. He loves you. The love God has for you sets the standard for what love is. The love God has for us defines what real love is. If God's love is like the sun, any other expression of love made by anything else is like a $1 LED candle from things. Shout out to things. We all love those candles. Anyone that's had an engagement party knows those candles well. But if God's love is the sun, any other expression of love is like an LED candle. You know, um, there are so many love songs uh, songs about love. If you listen to the radio for five minutes, which I don't suggest you do, um, you'll realize nearly every song is about love. People expressing what love means to them, expressing their love for another person. There's some absolute classics. Many people might know this one. The L is for the way you look at me. Is that just me? Anyone else sing The Little Rascals? Amber Slate, come on. Great song. O is you're the only one for me. Just James Byrne. Come on, bro. I prepped you and everything. We had a rehearsal on Monday. Oh, Another great love song we all know. Um, what's love got to do, got to do with it? Oh, that's a bit louder. What's love but a second now? You know what's hilarious about that song? I listen to Sunshine FM sometimes in the car. That song is on like five times a week. Who is requesting that? Of the eight of us that listen to Sunshine, someone's requesting what's love got to do so much. What about, um, when a man loves a woman? Come on. Now, you, you, know, you know what's so sad? And I was actually on the internet looking at this. Some of the nicest love songs written by uh, are written by people who have often had two to three marriages. And that's sad. I'm not saying that as a joke. Um, I, I realized I did a lot of jokes leading into that, which was probably a mistake. But... A lot of the love songs that we know and love are written by people who have had two or three marriages and have had a terrible time navigating love with people. Um, clearly, man cannot and should not define what love is. Man cannot define what love is. We should not, not look to man or, or any woman's expression of love as to what love is. If you want to know what love is, you only need to look in the pages of the Bible and see what God did to reach out to you in love to bring you into a relationship with Him. I wasn't going to do this because it's really cheesy, but I'm a dad now. So, I want to know what love is. Then open your Bible. I want to know what love is. Jesus has shown you. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I was reading uh, some books to Micah, and, I'm, and I'm, uh, I like reading books to Micah, and um, the funny thing about reading books to him, he's only like five weeks old, so I'm giving it my heart and soul, putting voices in and giving it a red hot go, and, and I'll look down, he's just kind of like, I did like a, an amazing rendition of Goodnight Moon. He was unfazed. But anyway, um, I was reading this Sesame Street book, uh, which someone gave us. And, and, I, and I think Sesame Street's great. And this book was um, all about love. And it was very cute. And I enjoyed parts of the book. 
but there were some parts of the book which I really wrestled with. It didn't, it didn't align with my theology. And um, one of the pages had something to the effect of, love is sharing a sandwich with a friend. And so I read it to Micah and I said, Micah, love is sharing a sandwich with a friend. And I thought, no, it's not. And I was, like, I was waiting for the page that you turn over and say, just kidding, actually, God is love. But that page wasn't in there. Um, I don't know why I'm going to write to Sesame Street, but I, I actually was reading that book and it had these examples that were um, very fickle, temporal, conditional, transactional love things. Love is sharing a coat with a cold friend. Transactional, temporal, um, all those kind of things. And I, and I actually said, I was like, Micah boy, Big Bird needs a revelation of God's love. Um, <laughs> but those songs... That book, they paint a picture and describe a love which reflects the nature of man, man's love, not the nature of God and his love. If you're looking for true, perfect, fulfilling love in a person, you are placing an expectation on a person that they cannot meet, an expectation to love you in the way that only God can. You will not find the love that your soul desires in a relationship with any person. So stop. That's one of my points. It comes from God alone. It is found in God alone. It is found in the love of God. Uh, the, the New Testament um, specifically uses four different Greek words for love, which have four different meanings, which I think is a great idea because with English, we can use love for so many different things. We can say, Mom, I love you. And then we can say, I love Zambreros. And we've used the same word for two different things, which hopefully have different measures of love attached to them. But in the New Testament, we've got the word eros, which is a romantic love, the love you'd have for a spouse. And um, we've got storga, which is familial love. So that's the love you have for your family, your parents, your child. We have philia, which is the love you would have for a friend. Um, and then agape is the word which means unconditional love. Now, this word is unique to God. It is unique to God's divine love. And something so interesting that I saw in Scripture is um, in the passage where Jesus restores Peter and he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, Peter, do you agape love me? Unconditional, the love of God. You, and Peter's response is, you know that I love you, but he uses philia love. Yes, you know that I friend love you uh, with the love of a brother. And uh, he, that happens three times. And even though Jesus says, do you agape love me? His response was, yes, I friend love you. And I think that is because, like Peter, we are also incapable of agape love this side of eternity. We cannot offer perfect, unconditional, divine love because that is only, um, is only possessed by God. And we'll be able to do that once we are with God in eternity. But agape love is unique to God. God loves you agape. I know that my heart was touched in um, Avengers Endgame when Iron Man says, I love you 3,000. <laughs> Can I encourage you? Let your heart melt with God saying, I love you agape. <laughs> Unconditional, the divine, never-ending, sovereign love of God. So I've got nine truths about the agape love of God. I have nine truths about the love of God. Number one, truth number one is that God's love, it does not change. God's love does not change. God cannot love you more than he does right now. 
God's love does not need to change because as it stands right now for you, it is perfect. On your worst day, God's love is still full and whole and sovereign and perfect. On your best day, when you're feeling good, when you're feeling bad, you need to know that his love for you in that moment could not be greater. That God loves you. It is agape love, a divine love from the Father. In your mother's womb, you were agape loved by God, wanted, unwanted, planned, unplanned. You are loved by God. God's love, whole, perfect, complete, never changing. I love scripture says that, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That, that doesn't mean that God's boring. Oh, God never changes. It means he's dependable. He's reliable. He does not change with the seasons. He does not change with the wind. He does not change with circumstances. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is love. His love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalms 136 says that God's love endures forever. The King James Version for some people in the house says it endureth forever. In, in, the, in the original language, it means God's love endures forever. Come on, someone. My, man's love can be changed and does change with the wind, but God's does not. God's agape love for you does not change. Point number two, God's love, it is not earned. There is nothing you can do to earn the love of God. Stop trying. Just receive the love of God. You cannot earn it. And I'm so thankful that we can't earn it because if you have to earn it, that means you can probably lose it by action as well. I've done a lot of actions that in my own thinking would mean I lose the love of God. But thank God you don't earn the love of God by what you do. It is a gift from a loving Father. I love it. Book of Romans says that God's love was demonstrated in this, that while we were still sinners, far from God, God died for us. He demonstrated love that before we changed, before we got baptized, before we went on car park for nine rosters, before we learned the Greek and Hebrew, before I posted that scripture on Facebook, God loved me. When I was in sin, God died for me. He made a gift available to me even when I was in sin. We don't need to earn God's love. And I want to encourage you, find peace, joy, and hope in the fact that you do not need to earn it. And I, I'm getting a little glimpse into that with having baby Micah. There's nothing Micah can do for me, and he doesn't need to do anything to earn my love. He, as soon as me and Bianca found out that he existed, he had our love. And he can't do anything for me except fill nappies, and I don't even need that. He loves me. I, I love him. He doesn't need to do anything. He hasn't earned my love. Listen, you don't need to earn the love of God. God loves you. Number three, God's love. It is available to all. It is available to all. I love it. There's a passage of scripture that says God is not a respecter of persons. He does not pick favorites. He doesn't have preference. He has made the gift of his love, the gift of salvation available to all. The rich, the poor, the religious, and the randy. I just had to find another word started with R to make it fit. He's not selective. God's love is available to all. Next one, God's love, it's transformative. It's transformative. Some of the South African translations put it this way. They say that God's love is, I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> Pastor Liam told me that joke's dead. He said, don't do it. I'm not going to make the joke where I say transform, all right? That's, I'm not going to do it. God's love, it is transformative. It changes you for the better. It's not a love that leaves you the same way. 
I hate the idea where people talk about a Christianity where God receives you exactly as you are, loves you exactly as you are, don't change. That's not love from God. God's love wants you to be the best version of yourself who he has designed you to be. I love it. Even in scripture, where the woman caught in adultery, God, Jesus lifts her up from the dirt and says, go and sin no more. God reaches down to us in the dirt, lifts us up and calls us to a better way. God's love transforms us. It changes us. The moment you receive Jesus, a transformation takes place. You will never be the same again as you experience the love of God in your life. You will look different, talk different, behave different, think different, pray different as you undergo the transformation of God's love. That's how we see in Scripture the Apostle Paul was a murderer of Christians, has an encounter with Jesus, and he is transformed into someone who writes half of the New Testament. You look at Pastor Spencer, he was, a drug, uh, he was on drugs, and then he receives Jesus, now he's a pastor. That is the transformative power of the love of God, the, the love of God coming into someone's life and transforming them. Next one, it is pure. The love of God is pure. It is pure. There is no agenda other than the love of God for you. He's not trying to get anything from you other than what he already owns in reality, which is our heart, but we have the choice to receive the love of God, but it is pure. God wants to bring a pure love to you where you find peace and comfort and trust, a dependable love that's coming into your life. If there's been love in the past which has hurt you, you need to know that the love of God comes to heal. The love of God comes to restore. The love of God comes to bring peace. It is a pure love. It is the definition of truly what love is. This next point's a long one. It has been displayed, is being displayed, and will be displayed. The love of God, it has been displayed, it is being displayed, and will be displayed. Where has it been displayed? It has been displayed in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. If you ever wonder, does God actually love me? Read the Bible, look to the cross, realize that that was done with you in mind. Jesus going to the cross so that he could have you in relationship with him. It is being displayed on the earth, the love of God. And, and you know, I, I remember reading in Ecclesiastes, I've made this joke before, but um, there's, a, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes about everything under the sun, nothing, everything is meaningless. And I remember being like, oh, man. Everything's meaningless. And it's like, why, why are there good things then? If everything's meaningless, I'm passing through, life's but a vapor, what's going on? And then when you see beauty and good things happen, it's, it's, it's reflecting the nature of God. It's reflecting the, the heart of God, that He is a loving God who makes good things, does good things because He is love. God is displaying love through you being here tonight. God is displaying his love to you by you having a great church family. God is showing love to you by you having access to scripture. God is showing love to you by you being alive today with breath in your lungs. There is, there is this, uh, demonstrations of God's love happening every day. And here's the thing, it will be displayed when, all, when sinners that have turned to Jesus are received into heaven. That is going to be the ultimate display of God's divine agape love. We have seen God's love displayed in the cross in our lives and when sinners like me are received into heaven. Next point, God's love, it's sacrificial. It's a great scripture that says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for a friend. And the Bible even says, someone might lay their life down for a good person, but certainly not for a bad person. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus came and laid his life down for bad people. And you go, what? Who's that? That's us. 
we have all fallen short of the, the glory of God, of God's standard, yet God came and died for us. God's agape love for us is sacrificial. He put his money where his mouth was and did the ultimate sacrifice to demonstrate love to you and I. Last point before the band comes up, God's agape love, it is the catalyst to your salvation. God's love is the catalyst to your salvation, that we are able to be saved because of what Jesus achieved on the cross, which was motivated by love. It was a demonstration of love, an act of love, and because of the cross, we can be saved. If the band want to come up, i just got two more. Uh, this point is, God's love is inescapable. It's inescapable. That scripture I read at the start from Psalms where it says, I can make my bed in the depths. A couple of translations say, I can make my bed in hell. What is that? What's that picture of? It's an intentional make my bed in hell, intentional acts, intentional things someone has done to head to a dark place. You may have done dark things intentionally. You may have done great evil. You may have tried to make your bed in the depths of hell, but you still cannot escape the presence of God. God says, and I will be there. It doesn't matter what you try to do to escape the love of God. It will reach out to you at some point in your life. The love of God is reaching out to you. You cannot outsin the grace of God. And I love this quote. It says, you may be a great sinner, but he is a greater savior. However hard you've tried to work to do the wrong thing, however hard you've tried to uh, ignore God, run from God, you are not fast enough to outrun the love that is pursuing you. He is tracking you down because He wants to give you the opportunity to receive the gift of salvation. The love of God is seeking you out. He will seek you out. God will find you in the darkest places and give you an opportunity to receive Him. And I pray that over your life. I pray for someone tonight that feels in a dark place, that in that moment, as God is reaching out to you through something, that you would respond. You know what's incredible is that we often think, we're like, God didn't reach out to me because a dove didn't fly into my room. But then you didn't answer that phone call from Pastor Spencer. Or you didn't go to church for that appointment. Or you didn't receive that prayer. Or that person that invited you to connect group, you didn't respond. Listen, God uses His people to reach out to you. It's time to answer the phone. It's time to jump on that team. God is reaching out to you. His love is finding you in the darkest place to give you an opportunity to step into the life that He has for you. This is my last point, and it ties nicely with the one just before. It's inescapable, but it's also received or rejected. God's love will find you. God will track you down. There'll be a moment in your life where the gospel's preached or someone shares Jesus and you have an opportunity in that moment to receive it or reject it. What's your response to the depth of God's love? What's your response to God reaching out to you? You need to know, whether it's your first time or you've been many times before, me preaching tonight is God reaching out to you. Even though I'm just like you and I got up this morning and I had Milo cereal and I put some notes in my iPad, it's supernatural every time someone shares the Word of God because it's God reaching out to you through His Word. You being in church tonight, hearing Scripture, being in the presence of God, it's an expression of God's love. It's an opportunity for you to either receive it or reject it. Can I encourage you, do not leave tonight having rejected the love of God. In a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God and receive His love. His love which leads us to repentance. What does that mean? His love which leads us to turn from our sin, to turn from our way and to turn to Him, to become a new creation and one whose eternity is secure. I'm just going to pray and then I'd love us to sing for a moment. We're going to stand in just a second. 
And I want to give everybody in this room, young person, older person, whether you're over here, over there, whether you've been many times or it's your first time, I want to give you an opportunity to receive the love of God, to receive the love of God, to say, you know what? I need Jesus' transformation in my life. So why don't we just stand together? I want to pray and then we'll sing. I just want to pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love. Lord, it is not like the love that a man can give, Father, that men give, that people give. Lord, your love is unique. That agape love, that divine love, the love of our Father, the love of the Creator of the heavens and the earth. Father, we thank you that your love does not change. Lord, we thank you that your love does not change. Father, even when we make mistakes, your love for us does not change. Father, I thank you that, uh, that your love for us is not earned, Lord God. We don't have to do anything, Father. The pressure is off. And Father, we thank you for it, Lord. We just thank you that your love is available to all. God, the young, the old, Father, the experienced, the inexperienced, Lord, the broken and the ones that think they're whole, Father, we thank you it's available to all. Lord, we thank you that your love is transformative. Lord, when we experience your love, we are never the same. We're never the same. Father, we thank you for your love, that it's pure. We thank you, Father, that your love's been displayed on the cross. Lord, it's being displayed in our lives. And Father, we, we thank you that your love will be displayed in, its, in all its glory, Lord, when sinners are received into heaven. Father, we thank you that your love's sacrificial. We thank you for your love. That is the catalyst to our salvation. Lord, we thank you for your inescapable love. And I just pray, Lord, that many tonight would receive your love, God. That no one would reject it tonight, Father. But they would receive your love. They would turn to you. Lord, they would repent and they would experience salvation, experience forgiveness, experience a new life in Jesus' name. Everyone, we're going to sing. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to be prayed for. Let's sing together, church. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.